0: One of the reasons that I am glad to be going into uh, the book of Hebrews this February is because we're going to have a chance to, to look at the tabernacle and uh, some of the, uh, the pictures that are there for us and the uh, spiritual insights that are there for us uh, in the tabernacle. <clears throat> and one of the things I want uh, Jason to bring up this picture, this is the, a picture of, the, of a breastplate. And this this passage here is from Exodus 28 and 29, and it says, So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel in the breastplate of judgment on his heart when he goes in to the holy place to bring them to regular remembrance before the Lord. And that's such a precious picture to me. this this picture of Aaron the priest going into the the holy place. And in that place, there is the light of God's glory. Especially on that day of atonement when he would go in and the Shekinah glory would be there above the, the Ark of the Covenant. What light that must have been. And he would stand there with those stones upon that breastplate and the name of each of the tribes inscribed on those stones. And he would stand there in the presence of God with those names upon his chest. Jesus, the Bible says, is our great high priest. That he has entered in not to an earthly tabernacle, but he has entered into the true tabernacle, into the very presence of God. Whereas our high priest, he carries our names upon his heart. He carries your name upon his heart. I love that. Jesus carries my name upon his heart. One writer talking about those stones made the comment, uh, I think it was C.H. McIntosh, who said those stones, he said, here's what's wonderful about those stones. He says, there's no light that makes a gemstone dimmer. There's no light that makes a gemstone dimmer. Light illuminates the stone. It causes the stone to sparkle. It causes the stone to shine, to reveal its facets what a wonderful thing to know that because jesus carries us on his heart before the father like those stones that because we're carried upon his heart that the light that shines upon our names upon my name upon your name It's not a light that brings dimness or judgment or darkness, but it's a light that illuminates and causes us to shine in brilliance and in light before our Father's heart. And He loves us. He loves us. Jesus holds us in remembrance before the Father every day, every moment. He carries us in His heart. And you know what pray and go is about? You know who's our one? It's about carrying people in our hearts. It's about understanding that we, as living stones, like Peter says, are being built into a spiritual house as a holy, what? Priesthood. That we are called, As priests, to carry on our hearts, in our hearts, the names of those that God has given us responsibility for or influence with. We carry them in our hearts. We carry them and we put them, we put our God in remembrance of them day by day as we pray day by day. We are carrying people in our hearts. In that passage in in Luke today, one of the great, great stories in the life of Jesus, isn't it? That picture of that paralytic being carried by his friends. Those friends had a mission. They had a mission They had a friend who was paralyzed, a friend who could do nothing for himself, who had no means by which to gain help for himself. But they were in relationship to him. He was in their hearts, and they wanted to do something about his situation. And they had a mission We know what we need to do. We we have to get him in front of this man, Jesus Christ. Because we've heard about some of the things that he's doing. We've heard about some of the healing that's happening. And so we've got to get him in front of Jesus Christ. They had a mission, a purpose in that. God's hardwired us to be people of mission, to be people who have goals, to be people who understand that there's something important to do. There's something to give my life to. Jesus spoke of that ultimate mission after His resurrection when He stood before His disciples and He said, All authority in heaven and earth is given to Me. Go into all the world making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, teaching them to observe the things that I've commanded you. Jesus set them on mission. There is mission for us. You know, one of my favorite passages in Ephesians, that wonderful piece that says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For what? For good works. For mission. For purpose. Created for good works, which God designed beforehand that we should walk in. It's not a question of whether or not God has a mission. The question is, God, am I opening up to and in alignment with your mission? And when you read the Scriptures, it is abundantly clear that part of our mission of good kingdom work in this world is prayer, is to carry people in our hearts. These men had a mission. They also had an expectation. They had an expectation that something was going to happen. They weren't just trying to get an audience with Jesus because they thought this guy would like to hear a nice talk. They wanted to get an audience with Jesus because they believed, they expected that Jesus could change his life. And so that wonderful picture of them not being able to get close enough to the entrance, they couldn't get in the door, it was too crowded, and so these guys get up on the roof and start tearing away at the thatch or the tiles or whatever was there. You just picture the insides, Jesus is sitting there teaching, and all of a sudden this little you know, dirt and stuff starts falling on his head while he's there. <clears throat> talking. A little spotlight opens up. People might have thought, oh, revelation. But no, it was just those guys breaking through, the, uh, breaking through the ceiling. And they lowered this man down in front of Jesus. They had an expectation. Do you have expectation? Is this prayer exercise really something that's, are we, do, do we just go through the motions? Yeah, I well, bless every home. Yeah, I, I walk, I walk, I pray. Do we have expectation? that God's going to do something in people's lives. This month, as we pray every day for that one that God's given you to pray for, do we have expectation in our hearts? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Do we have expectation that even though everything may look or seem to the contrary, jesus can change anyone's life that jesus can rescue anyone from the worst gutters there are jesus can change the human heart do we have expectation they had expectation they also faced an obstacle though didn't they the obstacle was they couldn't get in that room they, they had a mission. They had expectation that, that Jesus could change this man's life, but there was an obstacle. There was an inconvenience. I think inconvenience would be a better word than obstacle. Because most of us, when it comes to praying, aren't really dealing with obstacles. We're dealing with inconveniences. We're dealing with time. We're dealing with Laziness, we're we're dealing with, with, with apathy that tries to encroach upon us. We're dealing with all kinds of things that vie for our attention and our time. You know, the average person checks their cell phone 80 times a day. Looks at their phone 80 times a day. Wow. I thought about myself, I said, is that all? No, but 80 times a day. We are constantly, there are things begging for our attention all the time. Trying to interact with us, trying to take up our attention, take up our time. And if you don't think that the enemy of our souls is not going to war against us when it comes to praying, oh my friend, Think again. He will. He will. And busyness will just overtake us. Busyness can conquer us. It is an obstacle. Prayer can become inconvenient for us. But that, my friends, is where the choice to pray means that you're in the fight. That's when the choice to pray means you're in the battle. You're in the fight. Because it doesn't matter if it's inconvenient. And it doesn't matter if you've got to get up a little earlier or stay up a little bit later or take some time away from the office at lunch or whatever it might be. You're not going to be stopped when it comes to praying. Because we believe what? That nothing advances without what? Without prayer. Prayer is the greatest work that we do. Prayer is the work that opens up every other work. Prayer is the work that makes possible every other work. Nothing advances without it. And so we have to choose to inconvenience ourselves if necessary. And take the time to pray. Take the time to pray. These guys had a mission. We do too. We have an assignment, I believe, from Father God as a church to be a praying people. To be a people who intercede and who pray. We have an assignment, we have a responsibility. Do we have an expectation? My expectation is that we would become what God gave us at the very beginnings of this church, that we would become a life-giving river, bringing hope and healing to neighbors and nations. I just got back pictures the other day from Asia of missionaries indigenous local missionaries handing out audio Bibles to poor, illiterate believers in rural, distant areas of Nepal that you help pay for. And you should see the smile on their faces as they're having this opportunity to listen to God's Word. They say, I want to have it so that as I'm working in the field, I can listen to God's Word while I'm working. Oh God, give us a hunger. Give us a heart. We want to be agents of healing and hope to neighbors and nations. Hoosier One is a bit about the neighbors and family. Those that He's given us to carry in our Do we have expectation that Jesus can really do something? Do we have expectation that He can do things miraculously in people's lives? And are we willing when we face obstacles to choose the path of inconvenience? Choose the path of inconvenience in order to carry those people in our hearts. Will we do that the rest of this month with Who's Your One? Will we do that as we go through this year of pray and go, as we walk our neighborhoods, as we pray for the people in those homes will we carry all these folks in our hearts? Let's do it, folks. Let's do this. 2020, clear vision. I love that. This year, let's have a clear vision of what God wants to do so that at the end of this year, Hindsight will only verify what we did. Amen?